Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. It's Overtime. It's the final hour of power here on this Tuesday night edition of Overtime. It's the youngest in charge movement. Linnell Willingham taking you up to 10 o'clock before we hand things over to the JR Sport Brief. We've been talking all things National Football League for the first two and a half hours of this program. For the rest of the way, though, we're talking all things round ball, man. What are we officially one week away from opening night in the NBA? Uh, and I think as we get geared up and we we pay attention to the final few games of the preseason, the one overarching theme I have about this NBA season and that is that it feels like for the first time in a little while, there's a legit group of seven to eight teams that I think can genuinely uh, win the NBA Finals. Right now, joining us to talk all things round ball, our pal Mo Dakhill, who you can give a follow to on the X app at Mo Dakhill underscore NBA, uh, the host of the NBA or the Athletics NBA podcast. Mo, how you doing, my man? Happy hoop season. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's been a, a long break. I'm ready to roll. Definitely, my man. You mentioned it's been a long break. Crazy off season, new faces in different places. When you look at all of the NBA storylines from this offseason, if you could nail it down to just one, Mo, which one do you think is the most fascinating as we get geared up for opening week next week? I mean, I think we're, we're going to have to go with the Damian Lillard trade. Yeah. <laughs> I, think just, I mean, that's the most – I mean, running a close second is the James Harden fiasco. Yeah, right. But the, uh, but the, the Damian Lillard trade – led to like a lot of shifts right but yeah. milwaukee took a jump then boston trading for drew holiday uh is, is makes it another jump in in that whole thing like that led to a lot of dominoes and things like that i think that is the the biggest story from the off season that's going to have a huge influence on the season itself so going into more detail about the damian lillard trade I don't know if you if you heard what I said at the top. I feel like there's a legit crop of seven to eight teams that can win the finals. With the Damian Lillard trade being finalized, and you now have a big three of Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Damian Lillard, where do you think Milwaukee should be in the pecking order of the title conversation? Are they a clear-cut favorite? Or do you think the trade just puts them firmly in the conversation? I think it puts them second in the East, and it puts them behind Boston. Ah. And I think the main the main reason why is as great as Dame is, and what he's going to do for that offense that it gets relatively stuck in the mud over and over again. Sure. 
for the, for the past few years, they lost a lot of defense. Yeah. And I have a lot of questions of how they're going to defend on the perimeter. And I think that's a big, big one there that we're, they're going to have to figure out. And it's going to be a work in progress throughout the season. Whereas I look at Boston and I say, Boston's going to have a great defense. I have certain questions about Boston, but they're going to have a great defense. So even my questions won't even matter. Because I think their defense is going to be really good yeah. if they can stay healthy, which is always a big if. I want to touch a little bit more on Boston here. I agree with you. I think defensively, one through five, or really one through three with the switchability that they're going to have, it's going to be fascinating. Adding Drew Holiday to the mix, obviously he's one of the best, if not the best perimeter defender in the NBA at the guard spot. Derek White is a pretty good defender. Jalen Brown's got good chops on that end of the floor. I look at the front court depth, though, Mo, and that – it, it kind of worries me. It, outside of Chris Stapps and, and Al Horford, who are you comfortable to giving extended minutes at the four and the five? I know Jason Tatum will split some time there. I believe he got the start at the four tonight. But moving forward, how do you think that plays out? I mean, I just think they play small. And I think yeah. it's really just going to be a two-man big rotation. And you just got to – listen, Boston fans – you guys got the, the – you better hope you get the luck of the Irish, man. Like, you just got to <laughs> you know, cross your fingers, knock right. on wood, everything you possibly can do for good luck, and hope Przingis' injury woes are behind him. He finished – had a full 72-game season last wow. year, which is impressive, yeah. you know, for him, which is something that he hadn't done, you know, in years. And I think that's big. You got to hope that Horford can hold up and whatnot. I'd love to see them go find – Another big man. I'm sorry, I'm not a big uh, Cornet fan, um, <laughs> but like I just, I think they need to find one more to just eat minutes, yeah, like it. a reliever in baseball, minutes, right? Just, just, just a innings eater kind of guy, right. right? In the regular season, just give them 15 minutes here, you know, 10 minutes there. Like I think that's something I'd, I'd look to if I was Boston. But that's a that's a question for them, and that's something they got to keep an eye on. They have a great top six. Yes. But if they're if they're not going to have a healthy top six, that's a problem. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something to watch, man. The health situation in Boston uh, for sure is going to impact how far they're able to make it in the Eastern Conference playoff picture. Uh, we're joined right now on the BetQL guest hotline by our pal Mo Dakhill. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Mo Dakhill underscore NBA. You can catch his work uh, ble- via the Bleacher Report app as well as wherever you get your podcast for the Athletics NBA podcast. It feels like the team that no one's talking about, Mo. After all the big-time moves this offseason, I'm going with a super sleeper here. A healthy version of the New Orleans Pelicans, Mo. Do you think they're a team that should be firmly entrenched in that conversation in the Western Conference? They should be. I wouldn't put it firmly entrenched. They should get a mention. Because <laughs> okay. the thing is, and, and let's just be honest here, yeah. like we have to see them healthy. Right. I'm going to put them and the Clippers in the same boat. Yeah, okay. Listen, I love what the teams look like on paper. Right. But, man, can we just get a full season where we get them all healthy and playing that's and it. see what we get? That's all like, I'm that's really, for, man. That, that's all, like, like, just let us see it. We saw it yeah. at the start of the season last year where we were like, hey, man, New Orleans is a top-five team. Mm-hmm. You know, and then injuries hit them and, and seems to hit them all the time, and they all drop off. So, like, you know, I, I just want to see it healthy. Nobody has an answer for Zion if he's fully healthy. Yeah. But no, not at he's all. rarely fully healthy. So, right. like, what are we doing? You know, so, like, I, I, let's see that before we start putting them in the, the real conversation. If you haven't noticed by now, Lena, uh-huh. I'm very strict on who I put in in the contender no, I party. It. I dig it, man. Look, and it's got to be that way, especially considering, you know, it feels like it's just deeper than usual in terms of the star power that we have right now in the NBA. 
Uh, it feels like there's like eight or nine teams that have two or three superstars that can really go and push them in that championship conversation. Mo, you know I'm a I'm, I'm a Laker apologist. I'm a Laker backer. That there's nothing that they can do wrong in my eyes. <laughs> I love the offseason that they had, and when you consider the reason why they ended up losing to the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals, a lot of it to me had to do with the lack of like a third center and actual true size uh, to to combat Nikola Jokic and company. You add Christian Wood, and you know the relationship that him and Darvin Ham have. I expect them to get the best out of Christian Wood. I thought Jackson Hayes was a really good pickup. From a depth standpoint, I'm willing to put the Lakers' 10-man, 11-man rotation up against anybody in the association, Mo. Tell me why I'm wrong. Oh, no, I got I mean, you said Christian Wood <laughs> as if this was a defensive juggernaut of some sort or whatnot. Like, this is this is you. you I, I mean, listen, I love you, man. I love coming on the show. But, like, yo. Like, no, with Christian Wood, no. Like, this isn't this isn't the not big man. I'll be Ham, Mo, not even with Darvin Ham. Yo, not with Eric Spolstra, <laughs> not with Greg Popovich, not with whoever you consider to be the greatest defensive coach ever in the NBA. I dig it. He is he is just not he and it's he is not interested in playing that. Yeah, we've seen it time and time again. He gives fake effort. Fake hustle. Listen, if I'm wrong, I'll happily come on your show and eat my words. Okay. You know, I'll come do it live. I'll fly to you and do it live. It tells you how okay. much defense Christian Wood plays for you to say that. So, so yeah, because like I hate flying to begin with. Um, so there's a whole level of that. So I'm just saying, it's. I think Christian Wood, you know, is is a hope. But let me just tell you something about the Lakers' defense. Mm-hmm. If they're going to play him and D'Angelo Russell on the court at the oh, same time, Lord. man, that defensive rating number is going to be awful. Yeah. No, I definitely feel you on that. So in terms of the front court rotation, I'm assuming you're giving spot minutes to Christian Wood, and that backup five spot is occupied by Jackson Hayes then, correct? Yeah, but I also still think the Lakers need to – I mean, they're kind of in the same boat as Boston. Okay. I'd love to see them find another big man. It sounds funny, but I really think they should have won after Dwight Howard. Yeah, um, I think he's, well, he, yeah. he, he, he's still out there. He he gave them good minutes when he was uh, with them when they won the championship in the bubble. I think this is a guy they should consider bringing back for a third time. I think he is kind of a guy that understands who he is now and his role back to being a mini, uh, uh, innings eater. Mm-hmm. Just come in. Do some of that. Do some of the dirty work. I think that's the guy they should consider. Also, a guy Boston should take a look at. Yeah, I agree, man. I definitely think Dwight Howard deserves a spot in somebody's rotation. There was a thought earlier that maybe Golden State uh, was going to end up he, or bringing him in and having him eat some spot minutes for him. I want to look at some teams in the NBA that you think will be entertaining via league pass. Our friend Zach Lowe of ESPN put together his list that he does every year of his favorite. League pass teams. You put the Wizards at the bottom, Mo. We'll get them out of the way here real quick. Vegas has them, I believe, the win totals at 24 and a half. I happen to think, maybe this is just the homer in me, Mo, that Jordan Poole out of the shadows of the Splash Bros, we're going to see a special score. And then I think Kyle Kuzma has another level that he could tap into. For Wizards fans, based on the offseason, what do we have to be optimistic about? And then do you think this is a lottery team next year again? Um, you have be optimistic about Tyus Jones. I love Tyus Jones. He's an um, I think he's a great he was a great backup for Memphis. I think they're going to miss him a ton. I think there's a lot of that stuff. I'm not as high on Jordan Poole. Um, he's going to put up big numbers. Yeah, he's going to score a ton of points. I don't think you're going to win a lot of games because of that. 
I don't think he's a, he's a, he's actually a winning player, I, which is funny considering he won a championship. <laughs> but the, I think he, no, he, I he almost helps. He almost hurts you more than that. Kuzma, I'm not sure if there's another level for him to reach, but I want to say this. Where he's at now is a very, very good player. Yeah. And I won't be surprised to see if teams really go after him at the trade deadline. And if, you know, this front office can try to turn him into a couple of assets. I expect this team to be a lottery team next year. I don't expect them to be very good. Uh, I, I will say this, though. Mm-hmm. Watching the Wizards games last year may not have been good, but they were fun to watch. Yeah. Absurd stuff happened in those games. <laughs> like, just the, 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 the games looked drunk every time you watched it, which made it for entertainment and made it entertaining. Definitely. So I would probably put them a little higher than last. Yeah, Zach Lowe clearly not filling the, uh, the D.C. family. One of the teams he had toward the top, Victor Wembanyama and the San Antonio Spurs band. Obviously, players, you know, this mo take a leap from Vegas Summer League to the NBA preseason, and for for Victor, we could have really expected that because I believe he walks off of the plane and plays a game the next day. He looked freakish the other night with some of the stuff that he's able to do. I I don't want to, like, speak in hyperbole and say Kevin Durant, but that's what it reminds me of, Mo. I think he can be special on both ends of the floor. The ball handling, though, to me, is wicked right now. It's unbelievable. There's a play um, that's – I'll I'll give you a little – sort of advanced peak. Mm-hmm. I have a, my first one mo thing video coming out tomorrow and it's it. on Victor Webanyama okay. and it's on his, his defensive range and just with how long he is. But to go to what you're saying, there's a play in that game against Oklahoma city where he, the, I forget what guard it is, was making a spin move. Webanyama comes in, strips him clean, goes behind the back uh, around a defender in full transition and throws a lob. Up. Now, granted they didn't finish the lob, because, you know, the Spurs are still not going to be very good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but the fact that he's able to make that move yeah. and so fluid, so fluidly, yeah. and it looked so pretty and graceful, where I just was just, you know, I just sat back and saying, like, wow, that's an amazing play there. I mean, Victor Webanyama is, he's got to be on the top of everybody's league pass just simply because every night he's going to do something we're all going to be like, wow, I didn't know human beings could do that. It's real, man. I think the best way to describe him is, is an alien. It's unlike anything I can ever remember. I was a little bit worried, not worried, but there was like a little bit of pause with me after how he looked in the Vegas summer league, but you got to give context to that. He's getting used to life as an American, right? So there's so many other things he has to get used to instead of just uh, outside of just playing basketball. So I definitely expect him to have a big time impact this year. Mo, I'll let you go on this, my friend. Appreciate you giving us some time as always. What team does Mo think is flying under the radar right now that's going to be a lot better and a lot more competitive maybe than uh, national media members are giving them credit for? I think a team that people aren't really talking about enough, and I understand why, because it's a small market team. The Indiana Pacers are going to be really fun to watch and really good. I I think they're a top six team in the Eastern Conference. And I might be crazy. That's a a Stevie take, Mo. No, no, but I mean, if you just go back and watch what they were doing when they had a healthy Tyrese Halliburton yes, last year, yes, they were on pace to be to make the playoffs, not to play in the playoffs. Yeah, he goes down, and then it all falls apart for them. I think this team has a lot of talent around them. I think this is. I think Rick Carlisle is a really solid coach. I think he's a guy I'd keep an eye on for Coach of the Year. Even I think this is one of those things 
that when you watch this team, I think they're going to grow. I think the Bruce Brown pickup was huge for them. I think they're going to be a ton of fun. They're going to run up and down the court. And Tyrese Halliburton was the best guard for Team USA last this past summer. I know they lost, but he was awesome when he was on the court. And Team USA had a bump whenever he was on the floor. I think he's a guy to keep an eye on. I think Team USA – I mean, excuse me. I think Indiana is a team to keep an eye on going into this season. Yeah, Mo, I, I love that answer. I agree with you on the Bruce Brown impact. I'm excited to see year two of Benedict Matherin. Jairus Walker, I thought, lit up the, the Vegas Summer League, showing his versatility as a ball handler and the switchability that he's got on defense. It's going to be an interesting group, Mo. I think that's a, a good projection. NBA season gets kicked off next week. We'll be talking to you a bunch throughout the 82-game season, man. Appreciate you joining us. I can't wait, Linnell. Just let me know if I need to book a ticket to, to, to come see you. <laughs> well, hold on. What, 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 what are the terms of our bet on this? Is that is that the Wizards? What, 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 yeah, no, what, what no, it's Christian Wood. It's Christian, oh, it's Christian Wood. I'm tripping. Oh, with Christian Wood in defense. Okay, well, you know what? I probably won't be seeing you anytime soon. Man. I appreciate, <laughs> appreciate you giving us some time, my man. We'll do it again soon. That is Mo Dakhill, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you give him a follow on the old Twitter app at Mo Dakhill underscore NBA, and make sure you read his work. Uh, on the Bleacher Report app and tap into the Athletics NBA podcast uh, for the latest on the association. About a half hour left to go in the program. We'll talk a little bit of Washington Wizards coming up next. I teased it and previewed it with Mo Dakhill. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you noticed and looked at your calendars, but uh, October the 25th, the regular season opener for the Washington Wizards. They take on the Indiana Pacers who Mo Dakhill was just drooling over, so it makes me a little less confident in their ability with that game. But the Wizards, Vegas has them projected at 24 and a half wins for the 2023 season. What should our expectations be for the Washington Wizards? I'll tell you that. Plus, we'll let you look at John Hollinger's list. He writes for The Athletic. He listed the teams that he thinks would finish 15 through nine in the Eastern Conference. So the eight worst teams in the Eastern Conference from John Hollinger. A little tease for you. The Wizards did come in dead last. We'll let you hear what John Hollinger had to say about the Wizards and their expectations for the year next here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Big shout out to our guy Mo Dakhill of Bleacher Report and of The Athletic for giving us some time. Talking all things NBA as we get geared up. It's so crazy. I was having this discussion last night watching Monday Night Football. We were sitting there relishing in the fact that, you know, there's only so many more of these we get in terms of the NFL season. But don't worry. Just as soon as we start getting comfortable in the NFL season, here comes the NBA. Wham! Smacks you right in the face. 82 games. The in-season tournament this year. I- I'm expecting I'm expecting a pretty exciting year in the association. I'm not going to lie. And the one thing that continues to make me feel good about the NBA season, and we kind of touched on it a little bit with Mo. To me, this year feels so different than years past because there's a legit crop of like seven to eight teams that I think could real life win the title. Like, in all honesty, when I look at the Eastern Conference, when I look at the Western Conference, like, the moves that were made this summer, I mean, completely changing the landscape of the NBA. In the East, Milwaukee, Boston, I think, are legit title contenders. I don't know about Philly. I think Cleveland's going to be a lot better. They got better this this offseason. Adding Max Struess, Amani Bates, their rookie, I think, comes in and is able to make an impact. That's three teams I just listed for you. Denver, legit title contender. The Kings, to me, legit title contenders. Phoenix, legit title contender. Golden State, legit title contender. The Lakers, legit title contender. So it's... It just feels like it's anyone's title to win is the best way I could put it. A stake in the ground, so to speak, with this. I'm a big Lakers supporter. Not a Lakers fan, but I root for the Lakers. I'm a Wizards fan at heart, obviously, but what the hell have I got to watch with them in recent memory? So so I'm going to be rooting for the Lakers this year probably. I love the depth that they have. I love the bigs that they were able to add. I don't believe Mo Dakhill, I think. Christian Wood will end up playing good basketball this year. But, I'd just like to remind you that I'm a Suns fan. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll get we'll get to your cheating, luxury tax abusing team any second now, Chris. Hey, they got rid of Aiton in that big trade for uh, Dame, and they somehow end up with Yusuf Nurkic. I, what Matt Ishbia and James Jones did this offseason, and I'll, I'm, you're, you're getting me to it. I can't stand the Suns. I just can't. I just can't. Just like in the NFL, I can't stand the Niners because I just know they're great. I know the Suns are going to be great, and I can't stand it. Remember when that Bradley Beal deal first went down, Chris, and we were discussing, like, what type of depth do they have? Like, who's going to play the reserve minutes, right? They can't play all 48. Huh. All of a sudden, you wake up, and they've got Yusuf Nurkic. They've got Utah Wananabe, the best corner three-point shooter in basketball last year. Bull Bowl is going to give him legit minutes. Chimizay Metu was a legit big man. Drew Eubank, I mean, they got depth in the front court, and this is what I love. My favorite my favorite part of all of this was them getting these two wings, three wings, actually. Naz Little from Portland was the, probably the best value contract in basketball this year. He's turning into a legit 3 and D guy. I believe he was like 19 when he came out of North Carolina. He's now grown and developed a little bit more. That's legit. Grayson Allen, legit 3 and D guy that's got championship pedigree. And he's one of those dudes, you know, the reputation he's got around the league of being quote-unquote dirty. I always say it about Grayson Allen. 
you hate to play against him, but you love when he's on your damn team. Are you kidding me? To have that type of grittiness and toughness added to this thing, man, it's going to be cool. And then Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon can shoot the – he can shoot the ball. Darn it, I don't want to get canceled here tonight, but he can shoot the hell out of the basketball. So you look up and down this Phoenix Suns roster. They're going to be fun to watch. Where's the weakness, Chris? They're going to be fun to watch. If I had to put my pride to the side, the Suns probably should be the championship favorite. They just should be. And Wizards fans here locally, I saw a lot of you getting upset last night on Twitter. Bradley Beal had a sick move on a dish. Good handle, wiggle, wiggle, gets to the cup, and then drops it off to the big man. I believe it was Metsu for the dunk. That's what's going to happen when Bradley Beal's drawing the third defensive assignment each night. For the past five years, he's been the number one option here in D.C. We've seen the turnovers. We've got upset with his play during crunch time. But when the third best guy is now sticking you, you're going to go off. I expect big numbers out of Bradley Beal. Big numbers out of Bradley Beal. Yeah, I, I think he's he's going to do real well there, I actually think. so. And hopefully Frank Vogel gets him to play some damn defense because that's really the last missing piece to me of setting Bradley Beal into that next stratosphere, that next stratosphere of superstars. Him on the defensive end. I want to get into the Wizards, though, here real quick. John Hollinger of The Athletic, and I'm trying to pull the article up here. I'm struggling. Basically, in a nutshell, has the Wizards as the worst team in the Eastern Conference. Now, I think it's, like, frustrating when we talk about Washington because it's my team, and I guess I got, like, a natural built-in bias toward the Wiz kids. There's no way they're the worst team in the Eastern Conference. Like, when you look 1 through 15, you really think they're the worst team? And here's John Hollinger's article. I retweeted on my on my Twitter. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. He's got the Wizards coming in at 24 and 58. He says, finally, belatedly, the Wizards are doing what everyone begged them to do from the moment it became apparent that John Wall's contract was dead money, tearing it down and starting over. He goes and outlines the moves they made this offseason. He credits the team for turning uh, Chris Paul into Jordan Poole which I think they really deserve a ton of credit for. It's a hell of a move uh, by Michael Winger and company. Uh, They highlight the new management here. They go over some of Washington's draft blunders over the past couple of years, and this is what really hits home to me. It says Washington had four straight years with top 15 picks, and they used them on Rui Hachimura, Denny Avdia, Corey Kispert, and Johnny Davis. The, The last of them in Johnny Davis looked like a bust last year. Hopefully he's able to bounce back and be a part of the rotation. Corey Kispert doesn't, I don't know if he's a starter in the NBA. Denny Avdia is a defensive specialist. And Rui Hachimura seems to be the best guy of the group, and they traded him last year at the trade deadline. So Washington hitting on Washington hitting on their draft picks, I think is going to be huge in the key to them getting out of mediocrity. We've been talking about Bilal Koulibaly here at Nauseam. Um, I'm so high on this kid. I, I said it. I was texting with Chase Hughes the other day. I said, Chase, I think Wes Unsell Jr. is going to have a difficult decision on his hands. Do you start? Bilal Koulibaly at small forward, or do you start Denny Avdia at small forward? Now, I think the conversation really should be, well, I'm probably going to slide Tyus Jones to the bench and start Jordan Poole at point guard, play Bilal Koulibaly at my shooting guard, play Denny Avdia at my small forward, play Kuzma at my power forward, and play Gafford at the five. That is, if I was the coach, that's the lineup I'm throwing out there. Now, the concern that I know people have is if you take Jordan Poole off the basketball or if you put Jordan Poole on the basketball, does he become more concerned with getting other guys involved? 
Does that take away from the aggressive nature he has on the offensive end? Because Mo Dakhill said it. He's going to put up numbers. I mean, he is a lock to score at least 26 points per game this year. I mean, the green light that he's going to have, and he talked about it uh, at media day during his media availability. There's an understanding within that locker room, within that organization, that Jordan Poole is going to be the one getting up the shots. I think from a pure talent standpoint, in terms of his handle and the creativity he's got on the offensive end of the floor, he's a legit all-star type talent. I really do believe that. I really do genuinely believe he's an all-star caliber talent. But it's about can Wes Unsell Jr. and this coaching staff get him to tap into his potential defensively? Because I think he's got good quickness. He could be a menace on that side of the floor. I don't want to say a menace, but he could be more impactful on that side of the floor. We're going to have some big-time decisions to make. Denny Avia going into a contract year. He's obviously dealing with, you know, the situation off the floor. He is from Israel, and we all know the tragic situation that's going on over in his country. So to have that in the back of his mind in a contract year, I know his teammates, it's going to be uber important that this organization and his teammates wrap their arms around Denny during this time because we know how hard this has to be for him. He's got family over there and friends over there, and to pay attention to basketball right now uh, is just super tough. One final segment left to go on the show. I want to open up the phones, 1-800-636-1067. What are your expectations for the Washington Wizards? John Hollinger of The Athletic says this is going to be the worst team in the Eastern Conference. What are your expectations for the D.C. family? Sean. Is in Maryland? What's going on, Sean? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I've been, a, I was originally a Bullets fan, so way back, and I'm still calling the Bullets. But I'm like you, I'm a Lakers fan, but I still root for the home team. My question is, with all the talent that comes out of this area, the DMV, mm-hmm. how is it we can never get any of these guys to play here? It just it boggles my mind. We can never get any of these guys to play here, like Durant and all these others. If it's a question of money, they're, they're paying max payments to all these other guys. Why well, come I, we can't I think, pay? Sean, I think that's. I think I don't think I don't think it is just a financial situation because, as you mentioned, they don't have any problem paying guys. But I think to your point, I don't think anyone would make the argument that this is the mecca of basketball within the country. The DMV, LA, Texas, New York is probably what I'm considering the mecca of basketball and probably the best talent uh, in terms of you know high schoolers and college guys across the country. I think yes. what your issue is should be more pointed towards Georgetown, Maryland, UVA, Virginia Tech, VCU. With all the talent that is still coming up in this area, it's it hurts when I see top talent go to play at Penn State. It hurts when I go see top talent go to Duke. The DMV is the mecca of basketball. We have some of the most competitive high school basketball and AAU basketball in the country, year in yeah. and year out. Yet Georgetown is coming off the ridiculous performance that they had last year under Patrick Ewing. Here's the thing with the college stuff, and now you got me on a diatribe, Sean. Let me ask you like this. If Patrick Ewing comes in your house, as a tw- and I'm a 25-year-old, so I'm a young dude. I ain't watched Patrick Ewing growing up. These kids that he's trying to recruit right now, if he goes into their house to try to recruit them, the hell is Patrick Ewing trying to tell me about basketball? What level has he had success at as a coach? There's no cachet there with it. Now, Ed Cooley comes in. 
turned the Providence program completely around. He's got a track record for recruiting the top guys in the country. There's a, there's a culture that he's going to bring here, and I think he'll be better on the recruiting show. Kevin Willard, you already are seeing it. Landing big fish recruits. Maryland's recruiting class next year, I don't believe it's this year, but the year after, one of the tops in the country. So they're slowly but surely turning this thing around locally. But I think you're right. It is the most mind-boggling thing to me here in terms of the local sports scene as to why Maryland in football and basketball continues to lose our top local talent to other schools. It bothers the hell out of me, Sean. It's crazy because you got Stu Vetter, who's yep. arguably one of the greatest high school basketball coaches and recruits great talent over here to Rockville, and, and he was in Frederick and man, everywhere for, else man, he's I played, been look, here. Sean, I, played for, I played for Dan Harwood at Magruder. He's the winningest public school coach yes. in, in Montgomery County public school's history. So I know good hoops, man. I feel I'm sitting there right the now. <laughs> really? Oh, you're sitting there right now? <laughs> yeah, I work overnight, and I, I go through all these areas, and that's where I'm at right now. You're at Magruder right now. Yeah. Shout out so to Colonel, it's like, I'm, I'm a 2015 graduate. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just it's crazy because growing up, you know, I was I was a, a Bullets fan. Okay. <clears throat> but the first time I seen, you know, Showtime, it just boggled <laughs> my mind, and I was, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> Bro, you just – it was just insane. So I still rooted for, like, they had Malone – they had Jeff and Moses and Jeff Roll and all them. I rooted for those guys. They were a tough team. But it's like they cha- – as soon as they changed the name – It was over for you. It just – it, it, it was, went it was downhill. Like that for a lot it's of like, people, Sean. And, look, we're up against the clock. I appreciate the call as always, my man. Keep tapping in with me. We'll take a quick timeout. One final segment on the other side of this break before we dish things over to the JR Sport Brief. I'll re-rack the comment I made last night or I made earlier in the show about the Washington Commanders and the quarterback position. We'll close out the show next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. One final segment here on this Tuesday night edition of Overtime. It's the Youngest in Charge movement. Linnell Willigan will take you up to 10 o'clock before we hand things over to the JR Sport Brief show. He will take you into the wee hours of Wednesday morning. 
before we get out of here, I want to revisit the quarterback conversation. I know I told you no more NFL for the rest of the night, but I'm back on it. We were talking about Sam Howell, and I posed a question earlier uh, on the MGM National Harbor Listen Lines. Appreciate all the good conversation we had about that. But the question I asked, what is your level of concern with the amount of sacks that Sam Howell has taken? And do you think his sacks are holding this offense back to this point? Eric Eager, who we've had on the program on multiple different occasions, the co-host of the Sumer Sports Podcast with former Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov, he joined Grant and Danny earlier this afternoon. I'm going to let you hear some of what he had to say to the fellas, but I was uh, I was stunned because I think Eric Eager, for my money, I may be biased because he always comes on the show, He's one of the best in the industry in terms of the analytics and getting simplifying it and understanding how the analytics translate to the on the field stuff. I just think he's one of the best. What he said, though, on Grant Danny about Sam Howell was jaw dropping. Eric Eager, take a listen to him detailing why he classifies commander starting quarterback Sam Howell, why, why he classifies him as a backup more so than a starter. If I'm putting together an ideal team from scratch, I'm probably starting, I'm probably not looking his way. However, if I have a starter in place, I think he's a good backup. I watched the, the, the New York Giants game the other day. Tyrod Taylor is a completely different kind of player um, in that he'll never embarrass you, but I don't necessarily know if he can beat the great teams. I think that Sam Howell can beat a great team if he catches some fire. Um, but he can also probably lose to any team in the NFL, uh, as as they showed against Chicago. So that he's a high variance player. I want as a backup because if I'm down, if my you know if I'm down to a chip or two at the poker table, I kind of want a guy that can win a big hand. I but at the same time, can he be my starter year in and year out? That's kind of a no. So yeah, he probably will be a top 32 quarterback in the NFL. But there's a, like Jacoby Brissett's a top 32 quarterback in the NFL. He just happens to be the Washington backup right now. Like that's kind of just how the cookie crumbles in the NFL. Derek Eager, very open and honest, transparent about what he thinks about Washington starting quarterback Sam Howell, and I think it's fair. Uh, some of what Eric had to say, the high, the high sack numbers. For me, it is really why this conversation and why that discussion has merit. Because if you're just going off physical tools, I don't think there's a question that he is one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. He 100% should be a starter. And the one thing that I feel like Eric did not give with his explanation is some of the context around the situation. This is a fifth-round quarterback this is, that is in his first year as a starting quarterback in this league. He had one career start heading into this week. He's got seven career starts. He's four and three, ladies and gentlemen, as an NFL starter. That's over 500. That's damn good. I went on my soapbox earlier about how I think the sack numbers are holding the offense back. I also said two things can be true. His sack numbers can be holding the offense back, and he also, to me, uh, looks like the quarterback of the future for this team. Eric Eager, on the other hand, not so certain about that. Eric Eager talked about Sam Howell and the sack rate. He thinks he can get better in that aspect of his game, but isn't something he's counting on. There are rare cases. It's just like when you go through the statistics, when you go through, you know, completion percentage, accuracy, percentage, like so using like PFF grades, 
um, turnover-worthy play. When you look at any statistic a quarterback has, sack rate and then pressure rate and pressures converted to sacks, all of those ratios are as good of predictors year to year as anything. So you're, you're basically asking a quarterback to improve in a statistical category that is the stickiest statistical category in football. That's where it's tricky. Now, can he? Yeah, Justin Herbert at Oregon really struggled with this, and he's been better at it as a pro. So is it impossible? No. Am I going to bet on it? No. <laughs> no, nah, that's, that's, that's real, man. I, I 100% get what he's saying. I think he used a really interesting phrase to, to describe the quarterback sack statistic. He said it's the stickiest stat in the National Football League, meaning normally when guys have an issue with taking sacks, historically speaking, it's not something you just get over. So that makes me go, <gasps> right? Because it's like, oh, if Sam's not the guy, then what the hell are we doing? You know, that's kind of how I feel right now. That's kind of where we're at with the quarterback position here in Washington. A little tease as to what could be coming up here in the coming weeks on overtime. Sooner or later, we're going to have to start having real discussion about if Sam Howell has earned the right to be the starter next year. Now, obviously, that's going to have a ton to do with how he finishes uh, the final nine games of the season. But as we sit here six games into this thing, I'm leaning towards him being the starter next year. Well, this is the one thing that obviously has to happen. You hope and pray, right, that he's good enough to where it's no question that he's your starter next year. This is why that would be the best-case scenario for this group. You now have buku cap space, and you got a quarterback on a rookie contract. To me, when you are a franchise that has a quarterback on a rookie contract, and you have the weaponry that Washington has offensively, and you have the talent and capital invested into the defensive side of the football, you should be officially entering your Super Bowl window. I know I'm looking ahead here a little bit, but like that's what's on the other side of the rainbow. That's why I'm leaving him in there, and I'm not benching him no matter what, because I got to find out what the hell he is. And I know I was a little bit late to come around on that, but like, Based on what I've seen from six weeks, I, I just know that Jacoby's not better than that. I've seen Jacoby. I, I know he's not better than that. I still am resting and keeping hope that Sam is just going to naturally progress. No guarantee of that, though. No guarantee of that, though. We got nine weeks left to figure out if Sam Howell is going to be the starting quarterback of the Washington Commanders moving forward. His teammates are going to have to help him out. But as we get geared up for the New York Giants game, this is what's so crazy to me. They've got to show a sense of consistency. Because just peeking ahead at the Giants game, I'm terrified. I don't even know if I'm going to pick them to win. The amount that Wink Martindale blitzes, the different types of blitzes that he's going to throw at Washington, if you're a gambling man or a gambling woman out there, take the under in Sunday's game against the New York Giants. That's going to do it, though, here for this Tuesday night edition of Overtime. You can keep the conversation going with me on Twitter. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. I'm in tomorrow over on our sister station, the Team 980 with the Rooster. Chris Russell from 1 to 4 on the Chris Russell Show. We'll tackle a bevy of topics, including the one we hit on tonight. 
The Sam Howell and his sack problem is it holding back this Washington offense. That's going to do it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.